1: Long have you led your fleet with honor and distinction. But your inability to safeguard Halo ...was a colossal failure. Soon the great journey shall begin. But when it does... Be left behind.
0: Halo Halo Sacred Icon listeners, we are coming at you today with a special episode exclusively about Halo 2, my personal favorite game of all time. And I've brought a, a, a variety of voices here that you've all heard at the, on the podcast in the past at some point to uh, discuss Halo 2 in its entirety. From the era, the, the gameplay, the music, the story, everything about it, we're just going to cover this nostalgic time. But first, I want to pass it over and introduce uh, each individual here and ask them two questions to kind of just set everyone's expectations up for what the conversation is going to be like. Uh, So first, I want to introduce my buddy Colin. And the question for you, Colin, is what would you give? It doesn't have to be objective, subjective, whatever, just whatever. What would you give it out of 10? What would you give Halo 2 out of 10? And when you played it initially, were you uh, either disappointed or satisfied?
2: Um I would give it a 9.6 out of 10. It's, it's one it's one of my uh it's tied with Halo, Halo 4. Um and it's when I played it I was satisfied. I was mostly focused on multiplayer at the time. <clears throat> and then um I was completely happy with it. The only, only complaint about it, I had about it was the uh the map pack, but I mean other than, that's not that bad of a deal. Um other than that I was Yeah perfectly satisfied with it and then i played it again recently okay. and definitely loved it so
0: great great see now i asked this question because i know there's at least one person here who's going to reply with disappointed and that's getting me excited for the the variation <laughs> so okay thank you colin uh, over to you halo guy um what was your score what was your score out of 10 for halo
3: 2 and were you disappointed or satisfied hey so i think man there might be two people that disappointed. so my initial score would probably be around like a six and a half, seven. I was initially a little disappointed um, only because I felt like the Arbiter stole too many levels away from me from the Chief, uh, okay. to be perfectly honest with you. As a, as a kid... I love this. The the I was one of those kids that was running around with my cousins pretending to be John Halo, you know, because I thought his name yeah. was Halo. And jumping onto Halo 2 for the first time and having the Arbiter levels uh, was kind of a disappointment for me, to be honest. But over the years, that's totally changed as i've learned to grow to to love the arbiter and his story so yeah it's different now but initially yeah i was disappointed
0: okay i love i love this variation here now i, I hate to jump right into this but i'm going to say so you said you ran around as john halo did you have pants on uh sometimes <laughs> yeah <laughs> sometimes okay Were you preparing for the halo tv show so um That's hilarious. But uh, okay, great. Uh, Over to you, Corey. Um, What would you give it out of 10? And were you disappointed or satisfied?
1: Yeah, I would give it a 9-5, which is an evolved score over time. Um, Hard to say initially what I would give it. At the time, I was not satisfied. I was pretty disappointed with the campaign. Uh, Less so because of the presence of the Arbiter missions and more so because of a lot of the micro changes to gameplay and level design that were done in order to achieve a technological goal that they also failed to achieve. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. I mean, plus the ending. I think at the time, a lot of people, including a lot of Bungie staff, um, thought that that was going to be the last game. It was going to be Halo 1, Halo 2, and then what's Bungie going to do after that? So the fact that we were kind of strung along was definitely unexpected.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, so I, this is great because we have kind of like, you know, me and Colin, which are satisfied, love the game, and I think everyone here loves the game at this point in time, but uh, but the other two, uh, Halo Guy and, and, and Corey, um, disappointed, and actually, Halo Guy with the lowest score here by far of anyone, uh, which is very interesting, you know, the, the Halo Guy fans out there will be like, what? What, is this betrayal? Um, but, uh, okay, so yeah, and for me, I guess for me last... Um, I think I had a different experience than all of you because I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure all of you played CE first, correct?
1: Correct. Correct.
0: Okay, so I'm the only one, you know, <laughs> host of Sacred Icon. I played Halo 2 first. I, uh, I was very young. Uh, Halo 1 came out when I was nine, and uh, I was a Nintendo fanboy, hated the idea of Xbox, hated the idea of Halo. I thought people only liked Halo because it was violent and rated M. I was very immature nine-year-old. Um, but, uh, Halo 2 I played, not going to tell that story again, told it so many times. When I played Halo 2, uh, it changed everything for me in video gaming, in media. It was a completely revolutionary experience. I didn't have expectations cause I didn't play Halo 1. So for me, uh, of course now I'm at like a nine, 9.5, but when I played Halo 2, it was a 10. I mean, it was an 11. I mean, I just felt like, I mean, I just told everyone else after playing Halo 2, that every game was shit by comparison. I mean, I'm looking at, like, Ocarina of Time, which was, like, the golden standard for me, and I'm like, ah, Halo 2 makes it look like crap. Uh, So it was a 10 for me, and I was obviously not disappointed at all. And it's funny that I say that, because when I got to the Arbiter level, I was just like, no, no, that ain't it. And I just restarted back from the beginning and just did the chief levels. Took me a while to get into that. So, uh, okay. So, um, yeah, so let's let's go through it a bit here. Um... What were I'll, I'll go just in the kind of the same uh, row for now, uh, Colin. What were you expecting like when you finished Halo Combat Evolved? What did you want from the story of Halo Two? What did you want from the multiplayer? What did you want from the experience? Obviously, you were satisfied, but did it did it kind of line up with what you were expecting, or was it like way different?
2: No, it lined up. I mean, I wasn't really expecting much from the story because I first the first playthrough of Halo evolved I didn't like the story I was like oh this is kind of like um clunky like the the dialogue and everything but uh, over the years I've grown to love that story the most like one of one of the top stories um Halo 2 was was awesome it was like I said it was mostly focused on multiplayer on that point um and we finally got our our custom mode which i think Corey at the time called license to kill which was swat uh we we i remember building that we, we built it in uh, halo one with just the pistols and stuff and then it finally came out in halo two so we're like yeah we got our swat and then but uh it's cool i was wasn't really expecting much from the story but it was good and then playing it again recently it, it blew me away
0: <laughs> yeah i mean now i I don't know if this is because I play Halo 2 first, but like, did everyone feel like Halo was as, obviously Halo 1 was amazing, but did everyone feel like Halo was as badass prior to 2? Because to me, 2 just ramped up the badassery, like the, the one-liners, the rock music. I mean, am I right in saying that, and you guys can all jump in at any point, um, am I right in saying that like 2 was like where the series really took on that kind of badass moniker?
1: I felt like it was totally badass before, but in the years with media leading up to Halo 2, I think all of that, like the E3 demo and the original trailer, that stuff was badass. And that was before Halo 2 came out. So honestly, I think it was a lot of the hype machine that originally applied a lot of that.
3: Yeah, I would totally agree. That was one of the things I wanted to talk about, actually, was that E3 trailer that we initially got. Uh, where they're flying in on the Pelican You see Sergeant Johnson talking to the Marines or the, and, and the ODSTs that were back there And that initial gameplay we got Where Chief boarded a Ghost, I remember Freaking out At that, because that was like a game Changer compared to what we were able to do In um, Halo Combat Evolved, and then he was dual wielding mm-hmm. And then it ended with, a bet you can't Stick it, and yeah, that
1: was Man, that, that hype train was real For, for Halo 2 and that was a year and a half before the game came out. <laughs> uh, no one I think everyone at that time kind of thought the game was coming that fall. Yeah, uh, but the hype train was for real, and it stayed pretty amplified for from that demo all the way until the game released. When they had the falling E3, they did the multiplayer demo on Zanzibar, showing off that you could play as elites and you could use the sword. Holy crap, man. Yeah, everyone oh, I knew exciting. that played Halo was super hyped for a year and a half.
0: Yeah, like I, me, me as someone who didn't play, my first time playing Halo Two was the December after it came out, so it was like a one month old game. But I remember the hype building for Halo Two, even when I had zero interest in it. It was just, it was just everywhere. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of going to be all over the place probably with these questions because I just find it most interesting to just kind of tackle what's, uh, what's relevant. But like, do you, I'm sure all of you probably know, like being Halo fans, you know about the whole like, because Corey mentioned that everyone thought it was coming out Fall 2003, but there's that whole story where. Ed Ed Freeze of uh, Microsoft basically went into a meeting and was like, "We should give Bungie till 2004 another year." And everyone was like, "Voted on it." Everyone was like, "No." It was like him and like one other person, or maybe no one, was like voting yes to giving Bungie another year. And Ed Freeze was like, "If you don't give him another year, I quit. I quit right now." And they gave him another year, and I think that's good because Halo Two is great despite all of its faults with the extra year of development. I don't know what a 2003 Halo 2 would have looked like. Maybe that would have spelled doom for the series going forward.
1: Yeah, it would have have been rough.
0: Um, Something else I thought about is, because I love how we all have different perspectives here, is uh, I saw the Halo 2 uh, E3 demo, the campaign one that Halo guy was talking about. I saw that after I played Halo 2, because like I said, I didn't care about Halo until I played Halo 2. So... Um, One thing I hear still years later is everyone's like, oh, I wish we had got the E3 demo. That's the Halo 2 I wanted. Um, Do you guys feel like that? Because for me, it's like, since I watched it after the fact, I'm like, yeah, I don't really miss that version. The version we got is great. Do you you feel like the, the E3 demo captured something better than what we got?
1: Not necessarily better, but I do think that the amount of time that that was the only Halo 2 media out there, people like me watched that demo repeatedly you know yeah and so <clears throat> not not getting to explore those spaces yourself i don't think it's necessarily better or worse it's just that we didn't get to do that ourselves is the only thing yeah yeah um i do I, I do think that what they turned it into um you know obviously they had to make design changes so it would work that demo was famously broken if you went off path um, but for anyone who's listening who hasn't seen it, they did three four three did a they found an Xbox dev kit where they busted that demo out and actually ran around that space. And last I heard, there was some effort going on to make that officially released yeah. as part of the MCC, which would be yeah. dope.
0: <laughs> yeah, I believe that was a Halo Waypoint article actually. So it's a very, uh, I mean, it's not being done by three four three, but it's kind of. Um, Sanctioned or promoted, you could say. Right, it's officially
1: backed, if you will. Maybe not yeah. with money, but you know they have their graces, their good graces. What'd you guys think about
3: the E3 demo, uh, Colin and Halo guy? So when I initially saw it, it had a really raw, just gritty vibe to it, and I don't, I don't know if if the game. I'm sure there are elements of it, but I, I guess in my mind, the the game didn't quite have that grittiness that I felt like that part deserved. Um, I think the closest that you might get to that scene is when in Halo 2, when you're you're down in New Mombasa and you're kind of like walking up these stairs before the Scarab comes at you for the first time, you see some of the injured Marines in the hallway and stuff like that. But seeing that initial scene, though, with Master Chief and you see everybody kind of on their cots and injured. Um, yeah, I had a certain grittiness and kind of like a really harsh vibe to it that I really wanted to experience. But kind of more than anything, it wasn't like a disappointment that we didn't have, but I just wanted to play that because I saw it. Um, and it wasn't – I do remember playing the game and wondering where that demo was or why it hadn't made it. But I was, I was young, and I didn't really understand the game development process or – you know, not everything you see makes it into the final game, and and so I, I was kind of disappointed. But it wasn't, that wasn't anything that really like made me not like the game. I just wish I could have had the opportunity to play that.
0: I, I do think you make a really good point because there there is a vibe in that E3 demo where like Chief lands and he's going past all these tents with Marines on cots, and they're they're you know some are bleeding, damaged, and they're like trying to help each other. And then you kind of go forward, and then there's like, I don't remember what the dialogue is, but you get to like where there's a turret, and like it's like Marines are pinned down. They're like, Chief, we know we've been holding this position, like we need your help or whatever. And it kind of felt like, yo, situation's dire. Chief's here to fix the situation. Where when you play Halo 2 now, it's more like, still great, you're on, you're on a mission, but it feels less. It feels like you're kind of starting the mission.
1: Yeah, you're there when Whereas the bef- direness is beginning, beginning, <coughs> as opposed yeah. To coming in, and it's been this. It's been bad for a while. Yeah, no, that's a good call. Yeah, exactly.
0: Any thoughts on uh, on that? Dante on the E3 demo? Uh,
2: I don't really remember the demo, so I don't. Know.
0: Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think you're good with it not being there. Then I think that's fair.
1: We'll say two major changes. Um, one of which I think is for the worse. In the very beginning, you see uh, like a wide shot of that pelican coming in, and New Mombasa looks totally different. Like It looks like a Final Fantasy city, the way it's all built up into the sky yeah. and everything. Uh, so I wonder what that was all about and where that idea went. Um, but then the biggest thing is that scene at the end of the, the cutscene at the end where he slams the ghost into the door and slides through and then bet you can't stick it. Like that was amazing, and that didn't make it into the final game. Even the line "Bet you can't stick it" that should have been in the game somewhere.
0: I said that's pretty. That's pretty tough to like. That's a hard pill to swallow. That like you watch that for so long, and then you waiting as you play the game to wins the bet you can't stick it moment. Yeah, and it never happens. It, to a lesser degree, it reminds me of how disappointed I was when I booted up Halo Infinite and he and Chief does not say we need to fight. He says I need a weapon, and I'm like, right. no, nothing stouter. Yeah, like,
3: yeah. It was fine though. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> but I will say for me though, like I remember seeing that trailer so many times, like so many times on my dial up internet. And um, yeah. I like, I think the biggest thing for me though was like, I want to know how the chief is going to make it out of the situation. He was surrounded by elites that had just came in. And I was like, man, this guy is screwed. And so. I just wanted to know how he was going to make it out of the situation, and then when it came out that it wasn't even part of the game, I was like, "Oh, okay, well, you know, it's just it would have been one more cool scene to watch the chief escape from." But yeah, that that trailer was great, but set up a lot of expectations I didn't get to meet as all. Well.
0: I'm glad we got the cut the cut Odst scene in the Halo Two multiplayer map pack, and then we also got that same Halo Two Odst scene redone with blur graphics yeah uh when halo 2 anniversary came out which i was honestly shocked they did that because i was like i was pretty it would surprised cost, yeah it's like it would cost more than a few dollars to do that whole extra scene and it's not even in the game proper it's in the halo channel as a bonus so i'm just like wow you guys did it like you know i, I feel like you could have saved some money if you didn't and i'm glad that you went through with it
1: um, yeah as a neat but, little bonus
0: um, yeah, if you, if you guys have any questions or things you want to bring up on your own, go ahead. Uh, but, uh, I was just going to kind of see what your guys is like, what, what's like your peak of, well, first, what's your favorite? I don't want to focus. For me, I'm sure Halo guy, or maybe you get all of you can relate, but I'm, the first thing I want to do is just campaign, 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 but there's more than campaign to this game. So what was the biggest aspect of Halo 2 that you took away? Like, as far as enjoyment goes, was it the campaign? Was it the multiplayer? And, um, what was kind of the what was the peak of the experience for you, and what was the what was the absolute rock bottom of the Halo Two experience? You know, whether it be the ending, the music, graphic pop in, whatever. Uh, whoever wants to go first, take it away.
1: Uh, I'll go first. I can say, <clears throat> I was like I said, pretty disappointed with the campaign. Um, I liked it overall, but I was I didn't think it was as good as Halo One, so I was disappointed for that reason. Um, and the fact that xbox live had kind of finally arrived you know there had been other games to use it but this felt like it had been integrated very well matchmaking was brand new the virtual couch and all that worked well proximity chat was, it was the first time i'd ever seen anything like that so the online multiplayer was definitely the most fun for me with halo 2 and that was where it peaked actually where it peaked was in a couple days before the game released uh So it came out on a Tuesday. I was working at a video rental store. I think I told this on another episode, so I'm going to make it brief. But I was working at a video video rental store, and we got the game on Friday before release. So I got two copies. My buddy took one home. Um, I went home. We were playing online, and we got into several matches with Bungie employees who were in there like just testing it out, making sure it worked, and also having fun. I remember talking to Chris Butcher specifically Because his name was Butcher01, and I said, are you Chris? And he's like, yeah, how'd you know that with his little accent? (laughs) And uh, (laughs) that was was pretty wild. But then going on and playing those same maps later with, like, randos and noobs, it just, it was amazing, man. Especially for the first game to to do anything like that, really, on a console.
0: And that's the thing, all of us here, we got to, like... We got to grow up in, and I know we're different ages, but, you know, not horribly distant apart. Uh, We all got to grow up in this era of, like, the technology changing so, so much. Yeah. Uh, You know, internet becoming a thing and, uh, you know, consoles starting to have internet. And, like, you know, like Corey said, like, there was no, like, virtual couch multiplayer matchmaking kind of thing prior to Halo 2. Um, And just seeing the technology progress, like, I'm... (laughs) I'm so nostalgic for being able to, like, load my CDs onto the original Xbox and have it play in the background of certain games. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, I know the 360 could do that. I don't, actually I don't even know if you can. I think you can. Yeah, you can even use Spotify, I think, on the current Xbox with your games now. But it's, it's not really something, a feature that people talk about anymore or one that would surprise, a, 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 a you know, adolescent or a teenager today. They would be like, oh, this is, wow, whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's just a very a exciting very exciting time what about what about you uh one of you guys yeah go ahead Halo guy
3: um yeah so what was the original question again i can't even remember uh what was
0: oh, your favorite aspect
2: sorry.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. Uh, what was your favorite
0: aspect of halo 2 like the, the the crowning jewel moment of halo 2 for you and what was the absolute rock bottom could be didn't have to be all campaign could be anything
3: no honestly for me though it was campaign um I feel like that was a point in my life where I didn't have Xbox Live yet. Um, just because like I don't, we might, man, some uh, some younger people might not remember, but having like high speed, non-dial-up internet back in the day was a luxury. Um, not everybody had it. It was expensive. It was new. Um, and so the technology, and I also lived kind of like way outside of a city. So like for us, it just like, like, I remember I having conversations, like, man, when will it like when will high speed Internet finally come to my house? You know, Sam. Um, but anyway, beyond that, I really was on Xbox Live. And on top of that, a lot of the friend group that I had during Halo CE, because I would do the big LAN parties for Halo CE. Um, a lot of those friends started to like move and, and go on to do different things. And so that friend group of original Halo people I had kind of dwindled. Um, so I enjoyed Halo 2 largely by myself. Um, so campaign was definitely kind of like the highlight of that and honestly going back to what i literally just said that's that's the low point for me is halo 2 was the actual era where for a lot of people they were having a ton of fun with friends and xbox live and stuff that was the, the halo game that i played largely by myself um halo 3 is when i finally started to get back into it with a with a group of friends that were into it but Halo 2 was uh, spent by myself, largely just playing campaign. Um, I remember one of my key memories with Halo 2 is uh, I finally got around to going to one of my cousin's house and we played. I was like, hey, man, let's play Halo 1 and 2 straight through campaign. And we stayed up all night doing that. And that was that was a blast. I just thought it was the coolest thing to watch the story progress.
0: Yeah. Even though there's a
3: big disconnect between Halo 1 and Halo 2 story. Um, without reading some books and stuff like that. But I just thought it was really cool to have that experience going one through
1: two back to back. Right on.
2: That is really interesting
3: uh... to
1: hear, man. You talk about opposite or different perspectives. Um, That's just a really not a common uh, experience for most people in the fandom with Halo two. Right. Uh, And yeah, for most people, you've got people that were, you've got uh, friends that you play with who go on to different hobbies but as the online appeared, everyone was doing the opposite, right? They were playing with more and more strangers. So it's uh, it's unfortunate to hear, but it's also really uh, interesting um, that you could also still get that much enjoyment out of the campaign solo.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of a between for me because I also didn't have like like, like Halo guy said like broadband was a luxury. I remember I've said on the podcast before, but remember when I got my Xbox, I was like. They made the port on the back of the Xbox too big. My dial-up cord doesn't sit there. Like, why does it not fit? I'm like, where, where can I buy a dial-up to broadband converter so I can play Halo? Cause that's all like, you need. The, the fact that we, the fact that we had dial-up felt like a luxury. Like, there's no way I'm gonna convince my parents to get broadband and to let me get Xbox Live. What a joke, you know? So, uh, so, but for me, uh, obviously, campaign was my main thing. I replayed the campaign over and over and over again. Sometimes I would just. I'd just restart outskirts, play through Metropolis, and then just restart outskirts again and replay Metropolis. Like, that section Mm -hmm. was just so replayed for me. It would get to the point where... And actually, I still... I have to force myself today to not do it. I got in such a repetition of playing those levels that every time I'd go straight to Sergeant Johnson, give him some crappy weapon, take his sniper rifle. When the Hunters came out, the fog had not even cleared enough to see the Hunters. And I would shoot them both in their orange spot immediately and kill them and move through the gate and it would get to the point where I was just like I have this so trivialized I'm not even having enough fun anymore like I would even get on top of the rooftops and I wouldn't skip I mean I have before but I wouldn't skip the whole level but I'd get on the rooftops and places where you kind of weren't supposed to be where I could just snipe everyone and not ever get hit and I just trivialized the level and I, I've as I've gotten older I've been like okay I'm gonna play this right you know I'm not gonna take the sniper yeah. every time not, not gonna really get on
1: the playing it at that point you're you're doing it
0: yeah, you're doing it, and that's the thing. As a kid, though, like when you're younger, you think if I can trivialize this, this is cool. This is the best way. So I had to get a little older, just be like, you know, maybe I should enjoy this for what it was meant to be. So, uh, but I did play a lot of campaign. But where I'm kind of in the middle between like uh, Halo guy not getting really to experience the the multiplayer as much is, for me, Halo Two almost from the beginning was a cooperative or a multiplayer experience. You know, I had told my brother. For the eight months it took me from playing Halo Two to getting my own copy, I told him we're gonna play this co-op. It's the best game ever. You and me are gonna play through the whole campaign together. Sure enough, I get my Xbox. We play through the whole game co-op. We go into multiplayer, just split screen. We go on coag and we get in warthogs and we crash each other and just belt out laughing hysterically at flipping each other in the warthogs. It's not that funny, but for some for some reason to us it was. It'd be like you know flipping a guy and having fall out, and then and then to top it off, you know. I went to, uh, I think it was, it was 2005. So that technically, the 360 was just about to come out. I went to my buddy's LAN party, and we had a Halo Two LAN, and that just blew my mind. Like connecting these TVs and Xboxes, so much and, fun. and you know, it was there was there was plenty of multiplayer to be had. I actually technically did play Halo Two on Xbox Live prior to Halo Three, but it was in 2007 on my 360, leading up to Halo Three. So I was there. But that's not the prime peak of Halo Two. You know, Gears had already dethroned it, and, and other games were coming in and starting to do a decent job. Um, but yeah, I mean, what do you what do you guys want to? I mean, I have plenty of questions, but what do you guys want to talk about? I know I, I do want to get to Halo Guy at some point to say, hey, what do you think about the extended material around Halo Two at the time, the
1: books and whatnot? But I want to hear Colin's answer on uh, on peak first.
2: Yeah, peak peak and low moment, Colin. Uh, back back then it was it was the multiplayer we did uh we went over to my buddy's house and we'd have the the land parties um and then uh, my recent playthrough the campaign like like i said it blew me away um i think it was awesome playing with cory because he showed me everything on, on delta halo and uh I, I was like like with all the corridor levels that that game has it was just awesome to be able to get out and explore even if it was a glitch but it was it was yeah
0: can i just give you guys a compliment real quick like in my head now because i've been in the discord with you guys long enough like you two Corey and 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 colin you guys embody the co-op halo to me like (laughs) when i go to the option on the game i just picture like the silhouette of like you and Corey, colin
1: (laughs) Two Spartans um, on top of a hill.
0: Yeah, you guys are su- you guys are like the co op guys in in the disc in the Discord. That's no disrespect cool to, to anyone else who's listening and goes, no, I'm the co op guy. Maybe you are. I don't know, but I, just, I think of these guys. So,
1: yeah, anyways, what were you- speaking about Delta Halo and that level, um, the Oracle right after it, that was the t- that was the piece of the game that I would repeat over and over mm. the way that you did with um, Outskirts of Metropolis. Yeah. Although I played Metropolis a lot as well. Uh, that's a great level. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a pretty easy way to get outside the map and go walking around the mountains and go all the way around the lake and go over by the Sentinel wall and see what that looks like with the new and the the old graphics. And it's just a blast. Uh, and it feels like infinite was inspired by people doing that. Uh, it's, it's similar. If you didn't have a, if you had a grappling hook, it would almost be the same game. Yeah,
0: that's very cool. Man, he just gave me this flashback of the hype build up to Infinite, and I think it was, I think it was Hidden Xperia, uh, who posted a video, where he was talking about, he's like, he's like, I was playing Halo Infinite Campaign, and I kept grappling up this mountain, grappling up this mountain, thinking this isn't a place we were supposed to get, and I get up there, all the way to the top, and there's a Jackal Sniper patrolling, and I'm just like, holy shit, there's a Jackal Sniper up here patrolling, i meant to be up here, and I can kill him, and it's like, that was my experience playing through I don't want to make this all about Infinite because it's Halo 2, but like that was my experience playing Infinite. It was just like pure joy at every corner. I love Yeah. That.
1: Um, love that map, love that open world and the way they littered it with
2: cool stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Ahead, uh, yeah.
0: What, what was your low moment, uh, Colin? And then Halo guy, over to you. Uh,
2: low moment was actually Delta Halo as well because um, there's a glitch on it on the Master Chief collection <laughs> 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 where you can't get in heavy vehicles and, and go through for some reason. Uh, and so oh, on Corey, co-op, uh, yeah. Corey and I played it like oh, seven times, like seven to ten times. Just like every time we'd get in the middle in the tunnels, it would just glitch out and send us back to the to the beginning. And I'm like, what? No, <laughs> we, we finally beat it by tackling it with ghosts. Yeah, did ghosts.
1: ghost. So no, no scorpions. <laughs> and we did it. <laughs> but it would it would be lives a
0: on in infamy.
1: Yeah, yeah, it just continues. <laughs> <laughs> no, like maybe
2: we'll get it this time. We're like, we're like ten meters away from the end, and it just goes crash. We're like, no, <laughs> it, took us, it took us like five nights just to like bear down and get through it all the way. Yeah, it was a good like five nights of trying. <laughs> probably is that like a PC I, thing or or on
3: Xbox? I, I, was
0: on I
2: was on Series X. Yeah, Series X for me too. Wow,
3: but it's only co-op,
2: right? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Wow. I, I'm just picturing now like I'm like an old man in a rocking chair and I'm talking to my grandkids and I'm like, yeah, the Master Chief Collection mostly worked by 2018, <laughs> but it didn't fully work until 2047 <laughs> when they fixed the tank co-op.
3: <laughs> hey, let's be fair. The original games were really broken, too. <laughs> that's, true. <laughs> it, yeah. that's true. It's part for the course. Um, I that's did want to mention real quick while you guys were talking about Delta Halo, that was one of my favorite... Because when we get, when we got back to Halo, I felt like okay, I'm back to playing a Halo game. I thought it was really cool to be on Earth. Don't get me wrong, yeah. Um, but I wanted to be a freaking super soldier fighting in space. That was kind of like my thing. Which is why the Arbiter levels, I was like, okay, come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's go, let's go, let's go. But as soon as I got back to Master Chief, and there's that scene where you go in on the drop pod, and you go like, boo, or whatever to the to the grunt.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, it's just, it's so iconic. And then I remember, um, this is a slightly off topic, but before Halo 2 came out, I was obsessed with Atlantis. Um, I think it was mm-hmm. the Disney movie that did it for me as a kid. I was super obsessed. And there's that one moment... And when you're on Delta Halo and you go through that little elevator thing and you're kind of floating through the water, which like makes no logical sense. I don't really understand how it works, Uh, but you're like floating in a pod through water and you see all these ancient ruins and stuff around you. And maybe it was like that love for Atlantis in me. But that scene captivated me from a lore perspective for so long, wanting to know like what civilization was it? Was it the Forerunners? What was going on down here under the water? I guess that was there a flood that came by. Um, But anyway, seeing all that stuff really, really blew me away. And the stone architecture, um, which I actually went and read, was one of the first things I looked up when this new Halo encyclopedia came out, was to see if there was anything about stone architecture, kind of going to the lore side a little bit. And there was, it was talking about how on some ancient Halo rings. There were were primitives who tried to design... um, their worlds around the Forerunner model with primitive tools and stuff like that. And so that was a really cool lore can- I just got out of the Halo Encyclopedia that I've been looking for uh, for a long time. And something that's really captivated me about Halo 2 specifically was those ancient stone ruins that you see scattered all over the place.
1: Cortana hints at that during the game too. Uh, there's so many good little lines of dialogue in these games, um, particularly you know Halo 1, 2, and 3, where she says, it looks like these structures are built around the older ones. Um, yeah. No clue at the time that it would be ancients or you know primitive humans uh, that were building that stuff. But also in uh, Halo one, there's a lot there's a lot of uh, single lines of dialogue that are pretty captivating that three four three guilty spark spits out when you're in the library that if you go back yeah. and you play and you listen and you put yourself into the shoes of not knowing who the forerunners are, and at the time, a lot of people, including Bungie, thought they were humans. And there's clues that could take you either direction, you know, if you sat there and deliberated and thought about it for long enough, you know. uh, But the same stuff captivated me as well. It's like, who built this architecture, if not the forerunners? And if it was the forerunners, why is it made out of such different material than what we've seen on these other rings? And they kind of yeah, it's
0: the mystery and building building the idea in your mind's eye. It did so much to make those games feel ethereal, yeah, rich and just
3: otherworldly. Yeah, Bungie was really either really good at just throwing in a one-liner to give you a mystery and then never answering that mystery. Uh, like, I mean, they did eventually with a lot of stuff, but there there were a lot of one-liners, like you said, that were just kind of like, man, what what could that be? And I think that's yeah. one of the things that's appealed to me so for so long with Halo um, is the fact that so much stuff goes unanswered, and I just I enjoy the theory and and you know making up my own mysteries for all that stuff too.
1: Absolutely.
0: I think I think it really goes to like reinforce the I mentioned this before too, that you know, when Bungie was leaving Halo, there's like a video, it might be their Oh Brave New World documentary. I think it's Joe Staten who says, We're turning Halo over to the fans. And I think some people took that as like a you know, a sentimental thing, which it is, but it's actually true too, because anybody who was gonna be working on Halo going forward was either, was, I mean, well, you'd hope would, they're either going to be a fan or, or someone who just flat out didn't work on Halo before. And um, all the times that Bungie would integrate some kind of canon or one-off line, their, their mentality towards it seemed to be kind of more of a rock star mentality. We're like, why do we do it? Because it freaking sounded cool. You know, like, I don't know if we're going to come back to it or not. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. You know, and then like people get in arguments about, oh, the reason this was said is because 400 is supposed to be human, blah, blah, blah. And Bungie's just like, I don't give a shit. Like, it's just, it sounded cool, you know? And then you get to 343, and 343 is, you know, they're fans that, I mean, a lot of people, especially now with Infinite and how many years have passed by, so many people grew up with Bungie's Halo games and they're fans, and they want to answer those questions. They want to have answers. They want to take it really seriously. And you, you, it makes sense, because, you know, it's like, it's like if any one of us wrote a book, you know, And then another one of us became a fan of it. The fan's gonna want to have the answers, and the person who wrote the book, you know, to you, you you created it, so you're kind of like, you know, I know this isn't real. I know I made it. You're a little less interested in the mystery. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Of course. Yeah.
1: You're content. It's not a mystery to you as a creator.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: And Um, there's definitely a talent um, for creating just captivating content doesn't have to have answers. You don't have to develop the backstory for everything. Um, sometimes it helps if you do, and I think sometimes not doing that might have bitten them in the ass. Um, but it's all still its cool stuff. <laughs> I like having a yeah. game that's rich and littered with cool stuff and cool-sounding things.
3: Yeah, at the uh, Halo World Championship last year, Jeff Easterling actually talked about that mystery side of it a little bit. And um, he he came out and said that he writes intentionally to leave mystery for himself because he doesn't like to miss out on on having that experience and that questioning and wondering, even himself as a writer he likes to leave stuff just that's cool just to have the mystery back. I'm sure that's it's a big like that. part of the process too.
0: Yeah, it's like that um that ship that mysterious ship that landed on it was on a halo ring right? It, like this came out like ten years ago.
3: Uh, it was alpha still, or alpha halo installation oh four that you go on in halo ce
0: yeah. It's never it's never been revealed why that ship what that ship is or or why it's there or who it is. Mm-hmm. and it makes you want the answer, but yeah. the not having the answer is what makes it so damn interesting it's, exactly. It's like it's like uh, Lord of the Rings, we, we talk about the the two blue wizards that Tolkien wrote about. He, he, he wrote two different versions of them. one version they had a name, one version they didn't. And he never really described what their purpose was or what they did. And people still talk about the two blue wizards like crazy. Cause you want to know the fact that you don't know makes them seem so mysterious and so interesting. And, and it's, it's reiterated by the fact that we'll never get an official answer because I mean, we, we might get a bullshit answer, but like Tolkien's dead. So it's not really the answer if we get one from somebody else. Yeah. Um, so that's, it's, and it's just like, you know, I don't want to, cause I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to bring three, four, three down again and then build them back up again a little bit. It's like with Halo Infinite. Um, I love that they introduced the mystery of, you know, the the Endless and the Zalanin. Like, that really captured me. I really love it. I look forward to that stuff. But there is a little bit of, like, you know, we had this mystery in the palm of our hands come the end of Bungie's time with the Forerunners and everything. And it was really left there. And they kind of unpacked it a lot. And it was so interesting to watch them unpack it because I know most of us, probably all of us, enjoyed the hell out of that. But now it's been unpacked so much that it's like, All right, we kind of need to do something different than, like, Forerunners and stuff, because the mystery's kind of shot. It's
1: kind of been done to death now.
0: Yeah, so it's like, you can tell that, like, the Endless is like them trying to build it back up and and create it again, and there's there's other things in Halo that are mysterious still besides that, but, but, uh, yeah, I I remember, like, when I played Halo 2, um, I thought about the Forerunners a little bit, but the way that the characters in the game talked about it was mostly just like, yeah, they're these ancient people, we don't really know everything about them we're not going to talk about them that much. It was always kind of in the background. So by the time 343 came around and started and said they were going to explore that, it made me really excited. But I also was like, you know, I hadn't really thought of Forerunners too much. You know, Bungie didn't really fixate on them. It was kind of like dressing for the game, you know, like Mm -hmm. part of the setting wasn't meant to be addressed as much.
3: Yeah, the Forerunners really were, I mean, they they were the reason we could go on a halo ring. And that was kind of like the extent of it, at least for me back um, before the, the Greg bear books came out and before three, four, three. So like halo three ends with you like that in credit scene ends with you floating towards requiem, you know, which is where halo four picks up. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but other than that, like the forerunners weren't like, at least for me, they weren't at the main focus. It, it was never about them. Um, they were this mysterious thing I wanted to know more about, but it wasn't the focus of, of the game by any means or or the story. They were just the reason we could go on a Halo ring because they they kind of set that backdrop up.
0: I'll never be able to stop. No, I'm, I'm not one of those people that you you guys have seen on Twitter too many times. Maybe even in our Discord, I don't know, but like, I'm not one of those people on Twitter that are like, oh, Bungie meant them to be humans, and uh, 343 ruined it. It's like, for me, it's like, you know, whatever the intention was, and I have my own opinions, I'm not going to share them here because the conversation's tired, Um, but whatever the opinions are, this is what it was, and this is what it is now. Like, it doesn't matter if you win your argument, this is what it is now. Um, But I'll never stop thinking about just how, it kind of blows my mind still when I see those storyboards that got released years ago of the The Arbiter's... The Halo 2, original Halo 2 ending, where the Arbiter sees a Forerunner sarcophagus open up and it's the skeleton of a human, revealing that, you know, at that moment in time, you know, everything goes through development. So people don't need to take what I'm saying here or that storyboard to prove their point because it's just, like I said, it's just pointless. But like at that very moment in time, humans were going to be the Forerunners, you know, and to see that, uh, it just fills my mind with so much like what could have been, not necessarily better or worse, just, you know, what could have been had it gone this direction? And seeing that that was a storyboard at one point, is like, man, I'm just trying to picture myself in 2004, like, coming to the end of Halo 2, and in cutscene seeing, like, the Arbiter see, like, a human corpse in in a, in a sarcophagus. I'm just like, man, that's so, that's so interesting to me.
1: I think that um, it would have confirmed a lot of my own theories at the time, but also it would have made a lot of sense... coming from the perspective that Bungie had when they developed that storyboard and the story in general, uh, that Halo 2 was going to be the end. So to wrap it up with, hey, these are the creators, mystery solved. I mean, that's really putting a a nice little ribbon on the package. But the fact that they made the decision to cut the ending, make a a trilogy out of it, and then some, um, I think, elongating that mystery by actually having them not be humans only helped them to flesh out their own fiction.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I I mean, that would have been a crazy way. It would have been a powerful way to tell a story for the the Arbiter to see, hey, what I once worshipped are now my enemies. Um, But equally, maybe not equally, but on that level of being impactful as well was the Arbiter learning that these that these halo rings that would propel him on the great journey uh, was a false god in and of itself. So either way, whether he sees the human sarcophagus and realizes, hey, the humans are are the foreigner gods we used to worship, or the arbiter how it plays out in the game where he realizes that his faith is um, is is wasted and something that's not real. Um, to me, it it sells that, that story point equally. I mean, and that's I think, the way I see it. I think
1: it yeah, would I have done so. It, it just would have made it even more impactful, right? They still achieve, hey, your faith was wasted. He learns that the rings aren't what the prophets said it was going to be. And so in that way, Halo 2's story really is, like Joe Staten says, the Arbiter's story because his arc is the one that's kind of revelatory. Um, but with that ending, it would have just driven that even more so.
0: Yeah, now that's a perfect segue because I knew what I wanted to ask next, which was tackling the Arbiter, right? So the Arbiter's a big conversation. I mean, less so now. Yeah, to actually tackling the big Arbiter. Big guy.
1: It's hard to tackle.
0: <laughs> I feel like if I went full force with my body, I would just bounce off of him, honestly. He might,
1: like, you know? move a knee or something.
0: Move a knee or something, yeah. he do a little one of those, like, Halo 1, like, rah! You know, like, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, But tackling the Arbiter in the sense that, like, back when Halo 2 came out, that was a central conversation point of the game, of the campaign, was like, why do I have to play as this random alien dude for half the game? Uh, Of course, now people are much fonder of it, but, like, let's kind of dissect what made the Arbiter either so good or so bad, either then, now, partially, whatever. I mean, do you guys think... Obviously, I think we can all agree. Correct me if you if you don't think I'm if you think I'm wrong. I think the main problem was that it took time away from Master Chief for people. Like that's the main that's the core issue with the Arbiter is we're playing as him instead of a character we know and love. But if you get past that, um, obviously, I think some of his levels were a bit underwhelming. You know, whether it be the the design of of like the art design of the level or the way the missions play out or you know. People like to give 343 crap for the storytelling and like not knowing what's going on or having to have prior knowledge. But come to find out is I was the biggest Halo nerd in my group of people locally. And when I told all of my friends come end of high school around the age of 20, becoming an adult, when I sat down with them and like really explained the lore and I'll use Josh as a prime example because you guys know him. He didn't really know what was going on in the original Halo trilogy. Like he knew Master Chief and Earth save humanity, kill Covenant, Prophet of Truth is bad, but he didn't know like you know the the intricacies like the Great Schism, the Brutes and the elites, the um, uh, the, the the history of the Arbiters and what they stood for. You know, like there's so much minutia there um, that just kind of went over people's heads. Like, what are we actually doing in Halo 3? Uh, you know, when, when the big... When the big... The cutscene happens about Mission 4 in Halo 3, where the the big kind of uh, explosion, or whatever you want to call it, you know, warp opens up. And, you know, that's where, like, Hood's like, what did Truth just do? Did he fire the rings? Like, a lot of people just didn't even really know what happened right there. Like, suddenly they're on what they thought was a Halo ring. Actually, it's the Ark. And that was a portal. And, like... So when I explained to my friends... It wasn't very clear what was going on. So I think my whole point is to say during Halo 2 when you, you know, the marketing didn't tell you you're going to play as the Arbiter. So when you're playing as the Arbiter and you're talking about Heretics and the, Arb- the, the the legacy of the Arbiters and the Prophets, which weren't in the first game. I don't think most people had any clue what was even going on. Like I, I didn't know, like when I was going to kill Heretics, first of all, I didn't know. What, I mean, I was, what, 11 years old. I didn't know what a Heretic was. Like, I didn't know the definition of the word. So I thought a heretic was, like, this alien that I'm looking at. Like, that was his name or something. Um, Covenant But then you fight these...
1: (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, so, I mean, I think when my assumption when I played as the Arbor was, I'm going to be killing humans, right? I'm on the other side now. Well, I was killing brown versions of the same enemies I'm used to fighting, and they were called heretics. And, you know, then you you get to, like... uh, the end of that mission where you fight uh, Cesar Rufame, or what's his name, the elite, at the end of the first the heretic leader. The heretic leader, and he tells you that everything's a lie, and, you know, but I still thought he was the villain. Um, basically, the TLDR for me, before I pass it over to you guys, is I think it was confusing. I think some of the worst missions in the game happened to be ones where you played as the arbiter. Um, what do you guys think? What was the main, like, other than you weren't playing as Master Chief, like... What was the arbiter to you at launch and now?
1: At launch, it was definitely confusing and disorienting. Like you said, I was watching that cutscene, expecting to get back to Master Chief, and maybe I was going to fight these people that were being, you know, shown to me. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, it's one of those things where the more you play it, the more you watch those scenes. It makes sense why people are confused the first time they play it, or if they didn't play the games repeatedly, why they just don't even know what's going on in the sequels. And I think that's kind of, it kind of is the result of one of Bungie's design philosophies, which is to not not dwell on cutscenes, not have too much exposition. And so as a result, you have these big massive story moments and these epic grand scale scenes, and they don't really show it to you for very long, and they don't dwell on any of it for too much. And maybe that's good, in the end, for, like, the attractiveness of Halo and drawing people in. Um, but it definitely does have its drawbacks, such as not knowing what the hell's going on and why I'm supposed to be shooting these brown aliens and, like, yeah. why are they actually the enemies? I didn't really understand what any of that that was going on the first time. Um, and for every Arbiter level, I was pretty much like, okay, can I hurry up and get past this? I know there's only X number of levels, and I don't want them to all be spent... To be with- over. The Arbiter, right? Yeah. Uh, on replay value, I, I like the Arbiter levels more than you do, I think. Uh, I really like the I mean, Sacred I like Icon a lot, Quarantine Zone. Uh, I, I think that... You the, said you like Quarantine Zone? Yeah, I, I think Sacred Icon, in particular, is underrated, where you're going through the wall and you come out on the other side. I love the art yeah. uh, in that level, and I was glad that Infinite took some inspiration from it and just let you go through like the caverns and the the... The innards of the ring, if you will, where you think it's just a big metal clump, but actually there's all kinds of stuff going on under there.
0: Did anybody else feel like they got a throwback when you're playing Infinite and you're going down that that vent and the weapon's Whee! like, woo, this is so great, <laughs> and it reminded me of being the Arbiter and going down that vent in Halo Absolutely. 2. Absolutely. Oh,
3: that was one of my highlights of Halo Infinite. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, thank you for this little callback. I appreciate yeah. this. This yep. was cool.
0: It was very cool. Um, yeah, I, I didn't know... Now, people listening are probably going to think, Brian, you must—I know you're saying you were only a child, but you must have been a complete idiot. But I was 11, and I didn't know this is going to seem ridiculous. I, I watched the cutscene. I didn't know the Golden Elite at the beginning of the game was this Arbiter I was playing as. Like I didn't know that. Like I just thought, like I know he got his armor taken off and he was tortured, and then, you know, then there's the scene with him being like, you know, I guess naked, and them saying, "Hey, take on the armor of the Arbiter." And I just thought, oh, this is a different guy. You know, I was eleven, so I just didn't know. And then I thought his name was Arbiter. I didn't know Thalvadami <laughs> was a name and and all that stuff. So, just very confusing. Um,
1: yeah. How, how would you know his name was Thel? I don't. I don't think they ever say his name in the game, do they?
3: I think you're right. I don't think it does say that. Back to your other comment, I, I think that's why the game was originally rated M is because they had naked uh, elites <laughs> in there. Nude elites. Naked elite.
2: Yeah. What you want to say, Colin? I was just saying, I, I didn't even know his name until just now, so there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, almost 20 years in the making here. <laughs> That's great. Did you enjoy, like, did you have trouble playing as the Arbiter at first, uh,
2: Colin? No, I think when I played, played it originally, I just played it on surface level, like, just enjoying the gameplay and then uh, the levels and then going back through it with Corey, i mean i didn't have any issues at all with the arbiter levels the only the only issue i could take away from it is that we ended on arbor mission instead of ending on the chief mission but other than that i mean uh, it was all a great experience so.
0: can i can i get on okay let me get on a little soapbox here i brought this up several times in the podcast i brought it up on twitter and i've argued with people on twitter about it because it's just something i want personally i think it's such a great idea other people are like brian that's stupid but I, I really think the game would have been so much better if they just swapped the last two missions around i've said that for so many years and usually i met with people going no that would have been stupid admit you know it's just my opinion but i'm like the the last two levels you know well, the final level with chief anyways which would be the second to last level is where you make your way to like the beam that the sends you onto onto the ship and, you know, you know, don't make a girl a promise. And, and and he's also on that ship when you get the final scene of the game with, you know, Sir finishing this fight. And I know that that mission with Chief, it's a very short mission. You just fight Flood. Well, you, there is some covenant there, actually. Um, but it's not a great mission. Nobody really singles out that final Chief mission as a great mission. And the final mission with Arbiter is actually pretty damn good.
1: Fighting alongside the Scarab, the final boss, and all that. I think gameplay won out that decision at the end of the day. Because I agree with you. I think Don't Make a Girl a Promise is a better ending than the boss fight and stopping the rings from firing. Yeah. But in the end, yeah, gameplay, a boss fight, a climactic moment with the controller in your hands won out over the story.
0: Yeah, I mean, because to me it's like, I mean, yeah, it's a great final mission, but... I mean, even so, think about me here. I never played Halo One. Halo Two is my first experience. I one hundred percent believed that the game would end with Chief. There was no question in my mind. So when the credits rolled, I was like, I actually wasn't that mad like other people. But I was like, there's no way they ended the game with Arbiter, right? And they did. Maybe, maybe what they could have done is end the game with Arbiter, but have that Chief mission be like an after the credits like survive mission, and be like that would have made. Think how much that would have alleviated, like. Am I making sense or is it not really as creative? I, I think if
1: there had been a five minute in the ship level, you know, you've got to get to the control room of the ship, something like that. That yeah. would have done a lot, but I mean, it's been a long time, you know, we're pipe dreaming here.
0: <laughs> yeah. Somebody, somebody from Bungie like hears the stuff and just like, guys, come on. <laughs> it's been 20 years. Yeah. I think and they I were just com- shopping
1: at that point. They weren't b- making anything new. They were like, okay, this level, oh, yeah. we're not doing it now yep the it's intended ending I, level
0: i love how colin over here is just like yeah i liked it 9.6 it's great you know and he's yeah. just listening to us like he's got his camera his uh mic on mute he's just listening to us bitch about things he's like you guys are so
3: cute like you know <laughs> <laughs> hey
0: back
2: um, to
3: your original question though um about what it was that the arbiter kind of disappointed i mean i know you said not to say just because it isn't the chief but that was my primary reason but on mm-hmm, the yeah. game i didn't particularly enjoy the levels that much i will say though my favorite arbiter levels though are um what is it uprising i think where yep. they are fighting the brutes i fighting think that's really cool comrades to see like the schism taking place and I, even i was like i was with the elites i was like yeah man screw the screw the brutes like these guys are jerks um and then and then a great journey that last level when you're, it, it's kind of like an epic story piece. And it, to me, I think that's probably why they put it as the last level and kind of flip the Chief around. Um, but those two levels are some of my favorite ones of Halo 2, uh, which is a little bit of a, of a redeeming um, aspect to playing as the Arbiter. I just wish I could have had, like you said, I wish I could have had a final moment that was the Chief. Um, but it's forgivable. It's not that big a deal in hindsight, which is also why I tend to um score modern halo games the way that i do um because there's always going to be gripes and things that you wished had happened um in the moment but as you play them years later down the road you're like hey man this was actually pretty good when you take away the you know the the online aspect of it where everybody's kind of complaining all at the same time like like let's let's be real like we didn't all enjoy these older games the way that we think we did um And you don't really enjoy any game the way you think you did, but you usually tend to improve the score as you go on. Um, And that was actually one thing I did want to mention um, that 343 gets a lot of flack for, is having to people say, well, you have to read so much extended media in order to understand the storyline. And there's some truth to that. Um, But you've always had to do that for Halo games because the games themselves have hardly ever... And this is Bungie era too. just explain to you what was going on. You know how confused I was when Halo three started. Like the last thing I knew, the chief was finishing the fight and now he's crash landing on earth. Yeah. And it's like, what in the world is happening here? Cause I didn't read, I can't remember what the comics are called, but there is a comic book set that takes place, you know, between those two games where it explains kind of what, what's going on and why he's crashing. Um, from the Covenant ship. And then you've got Halo First Strike. That takes place between Halo 1 and Halo 2. Um, because the last thing we know that he's stranded in space with Cortana and Dustin Echoes and it's just them. <laughs> um, and then all of a sudden he's like being awarded um, and paraded uh, on Earth. Or not on Earth, but in the, in, in the spaceships above Earth. And you're kind of like really confused. With With Johnson.
1: Who were yeah, pretty sure with died. Johnson, Johnson, Dustin who, Echoes, you know. He
3: <laughs> died well, in the legendary him.
0: ending. I actually agree with Josh, who said this before in a prior podcast. I don't think it's a crazy thought. When Josh finished Combat Evolved, he just assumed Earth was gone. You know, like I don't think that's that crazy of a thought. He just, because mm. it just seemed like you're the last person alive. Um, so it was kind of a surprise to be like, oh, actually, we got plenty of people left. That was just a little bit of people, you know.
3: Yeah, that's actually interesting. I've never, yeah, I've never quite heard that before. But if you do listen closely to the beginning, where I think they do mention it in Halo Combat Evolved, right? How, how like if they get access to Cortana, you know, they'll yep. learn
0: everything. They'll find everything, Keys.
1: including Earth. You know, you're um, talking
0: about like confusing moments. It took me years to understand. So in Halo Three, you have that moment where like the slip space portal opens up and a Covenant ship comes through that's flood-infested, and that's where Arbiter's like, you know, what is it, more brutes? And Chief's like, worse. Like, so there's flood on that ship that arrive at Earth. But then you're on the Ark later, which is not a Halo ring, but a place that creates Halo rings, but kind of looks like a Halo ring when you're there. And High Charity shows up there, and the Grave Mines there, and the Flood are there. I, I just took me years to fully grasp what had happened, like, That ship that came to Earth was not High Charity, but they both had Flood. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, it just, like, kind of what both Corey and Halo Guy have said, like, grand sweeping plots, but not really being super specific on it. Because, you know, like, at the end of the Earth mission where you, you think you find Cortana in a Flood ship, but it's her, like, recording, I'm like, okay, was this... Is this where I left Cortana in this in Halo Two? Mm-hmm. but it's just recording. Like, where is she at now? And then like, where is the grave Because all you ever see is his tentacles,
1: you know. And like, lots well, of the grave mine can stuff. be in multiple places, right? As as a high mind, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, but
3: how do you know that as a ten year old? <laughs> yeah, oh, I don't think <laughs> you're,
1: I don't think you are necessarily supposed to know that about the grave mine. Like the specifics of that lore have definitely been embellished over the years. Uh, every but time, I,
0: every I, time mean, I went through a door, I'm like, "Am I going through different like bowels of the grave mine? Like the door yeah, of the I grave mine?" Oh, that would be a really good like... level.
3: <laughs> the bowels of the grave mine. Oh, I want to play that. But
1: you know, but thinking what about Cortana it. Was.
3: I, I think Halo Three and Halo Four are the only two Halo games that are connected by the games. Like the ending of Halo Three, and granted, it's the legendary ending but the ending of Halo 3 is the, is the direct prequel to Halo 4, and I don't think any other yeah. Halo game does that. Oh, well, you've got, obviously, from Reach to CE. Yeah. Yeah, after the fact. Yeah, that, that's a good point, yeah.
0: Um, I got kind of two main topics I want to go through, and that'll, that'll probably be the it, it for us, but these will probably take us a little while. Um, just want to go around and say, what is your, like, just kind of give your favorites of the game. Favorites, uh, and if you don't remember all of them, it's fine, but, like, What's your favorite track, favorite level, favorite character that I guess we should kind of say that's not chief maybe, or like, I don't know, just kind of give me like a, or maybe what's a character you really enjoyed that's a little off the beaten path, like Miranda or something, Um, you know? And then also Josh wanted me to mention, he's like, hey, when you talk to those guys, try not to forget what's their favorite map in the game. So uh, let's, and then after that, the final thing I want to talk about is kind of just the era of Halo 2 2004 like pull it back from the game a little bit what was your guys life like what were you doing what kind of music were you listening to were you in school were you working um you know were you drinking tons of code red and Doritos I don't know (laughs) um but uh over to you uh Colin what's like what's your favorites like kind of just everything about Halo 2
2: um Halo 2 like I said favorite level is probably Delta Halo but I really love outskirts I love like yeah. I I I definitely like the chief missions a little bit better, but and it's not saying that much because the arbiter missions I think are great. Um, favorite character, uh, Chips Dubbo. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know all the tracks, but I just I just like Halo music in general. So I mean, I'm like, it's, yeah. it's all great. Um, the only bad track that or the track that I don't like is in Halo Three, and that's that that one where it does the just the beats over and over again like the, the creepy sounding music and it, like this doesn't fit the cutscene at all but um hmm. let's see, see. i and it's just a like i said it's a great game i have it at a 9.6 um, my only complaints about it are sometimes it does feel really linear on the levels Yeah. um, Like especially like on outskirts and stuff like that when you're in the warthog and just going like through corridors and stuff. Um, And then sometimes that lunge attack doesn't work too well. And uh, (laughs) 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 I I, I, I put that I put that part up on uh, I think Twitter where where Corey got killed by the elite because he he went to hit him and then somehow ended up in front of him and then got smacked by the elite and died. Yeah. But uh, other than that, like I said, it's a great game. The story, arguably one of the best stories in Halo, uh, in the games. Um, And it's, like I said before, it's not because of Master Chiefs, but rather in spite of him. All the characters around him are incredible. Um, The character building, Brand is great. Um, Johnson's amazing. The Arbiter has a great arc. And um, it just. Even like Tartarus. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They do. Or Tartar Sauce. (laughs) Tartar
2: Sauce
3: tartar sauce you know i saw that meme for the first time like a long time ago and uh, um i didn't know what people were talking about i was like tartar sauce who in the world is that yeah i only recently figured out that people used to call him that (laughs) uh
0: what was that what was that era like for you um colin like were you in school like working a job like what was I mean, were you playing other games a lot? Like, just kind of paint, paint that picture of 2004 or era for All right,
2: probably. 2004, um, beginning, obviously, was my end of my junior year of high school. Um, actually had a, a, a little run-in with cancer the year before. And then, so, uh, I actually switched sports from football to soccer. And soccer is when I, I started soccer in 2004, the end of my junior year. And uh, it was a lot of sports. A lot of sports <laughs> a lot of games halo 4 came out toward the end of the year i think and then um yeah the one that split my time with halo Four the most was the original battlefront um we played the crap out of that yeah <laughs> very cool is
0: there a is there a soundtrack or a song that makes you think of halo that's not from halo
2: oh yeah like like i said uh rise against oh, the um the, uh, siren songs of the counterculture that one always makes me think of Hey, let's just like give it all, you know, I give it all. Yeah. and I was like, yeah, let's do it. (laughs) I love those vibes. I love those
0: vibes. Uh, Halo guy over to you. All your favorites. What was that era like for you?
3: Okay, let's see favorites. So I actually just had to look it up because I remember the tune in my head, but I couldn't remember the song name. Um, But Halo 2 soundtrack Skyline. That's actually the the soft instrumental one you hear. I'm pretty sure it's in the E3 trailer that we talked about. That's like the. I can't really do it off the top of my head very well, but you. Can it's called it Earth up. City in the original soundtrack. There you go, Earth City in the original, um, or I guess Skyline would be the anniversary version. Then probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, I absolutely love that, and it takes me back to those feelings that I had watching that E3 trailer. I know we beat that thing, like, and it's dead, and we've talked about it a lot, but really, that man, I I, I still get you know really nostalgic thinking about how amazing that trailer was because that was my first like getting excited about another Halo. Um, I think. In the moment, one of my favorite characters was probably Miranda, um, who's not really so much a favorite of mine now. Um, But in the moment, I thought it was really cool that we got to experience seeing Captain Key's daughter. Um, And just, you know, he was like he was a super cool guy. And then and then we got to see his daughter, at least Um, really disappointed that they ended up killing her off, too. I think that was kind of lame, but it is what it is. She's she's not with us anymore. Um, favorite level, I would have to say probably, I think I mentioned it earlier, would be Uprising and then The Great Journey. Um, obviously just really cool set piece. Um, seeing, that's the one where Sergeant Johnson and the Arbiter are together, right? I right? I believe so. At the very end. Um, very end, yeah. Very end. That, that was really cool. And then you kind of have the whole Scarab experience which actually was one of my favorite moments of the game in and of itself was boarding the Scarab for the first time when you're at that Metropolis. it blew me away. For a 2004 game, and you have... And I think that's the one thing that people miss, maybe not miss, but I don't think it's talked about enough, is just how much combat evolved truly from Halo 1 to Halo 2. Um, Halo 1 was very simple, um, but then you get to Halo 2, you're boarding... Enemy stuff. You know, you're planting grenades in the back of the vehicles. Uh, You can jump on top of a scarab, which none of us knew even existed before. You're dual wielding. You can carry an
0: energy sword
3: for the first time. I think to be fair, though, Corey probably say there's some ways
0: it
1: devolved for him. Am I wrong in saying that, Corey? I wouldn't say devolved is the word. Okay. Uh, I would say there was just lack of polish on a lot of those evolutions.
3: Yeah, there definitely and was, but the ambition was there. I guess it's more so what I'm trying to say. Like they mm-hmm. really, like that extra year that we talked about earlier. I, I, they, they truly needed it. Maybe an extra two, honestly. Um, but imagine just if Halo the two ambition, had a 360
1: launch title. Wow, Ooh, that'd be <laughs>
3: crazy. Um, but yeah, just the ambition that was there for Halo Two in to, in general is is what really s- sold me as a younger kid. Um, and that was kind of the era that, you know, I was in. I can't remember exactly how old I was. It's just early teens, you know. Um, and, and Halo 2 was the, the game where I was uh, kind of just on my own a, a little bit. A lot of, like I said, um, I have older siblings and they were doing their own thing at the time that we all played Halo CE together. But they were kind of off doing their own thing at, during the Halo 2 time. Um, and that was kind of like my Halo game that I had to myself. Um, And so I really enjoyed it. Um, And it was just a really great era for Halo for me personally, looking back at it.
0: Do you have a a soundtrack or a song that makes you think of Halo that's not from Halo?
3: Oh, yeah. Um, This is just in general, um, not necessarily for Halo 2. It would be Last Train Home by Lost Prophets. Um, lost profits. And I know he's the lead singers had some scandals through the years (laughs) after
1: the fact. I I saw them right around the time Halo two was about to come out. I saw that live. It's interesting,
3: but I didn't really know about like the personal stuff going on with a band um, at the time. But I feel like between me and my siblings, if uh, we wore any song out, it was that one. And uh, that one always takes me back that and just the whole hybrid theory album from Lincoln park. Like, you know, those those two are core memories for me brings
0: you back to an era yeah absolutely and then uh then lastly uh for you halo guy i don't have to go back to colin too favorite map favorite multiplayer map oh
3: yeah i forgot to mention that one um waterworks oh josh is gonna be so happy that you said that i can't remember if it was you or him (laughs) that said you hate it that was me me. that was Was it you at one point well, um, hates
0: strong word, but like <laughs> I just thought it was a very underwhelming map. I mean, it's it's dark. The art's not very interesting to me. It's it's not that much fun to me. I don't know.
3: But. So I think um, and and when I played maps as like a kid, I never played it for like, hey, how many lanes does this map have? Does it flow properly in capture the flag? Or you know what I mean? Like I I don't really care yeah. about that stuff. And and to a certain degree, I I still don't. Um, but I just thought it was really cool that I was playing in a cave. And it was completely unique to Halo. We've never been in a cave, you know. That's, playing, that's a good point. Playing around. And I'm pretty sure you could shoot the stalactites. And I don't know if that's yeah, like yeah. a, is that real? Where Yeah, make that yeah. shoot it them is. down and blow up vehicles <laughs> with them. Okay. I couldn't remember for that. That was like maybe like a wish that I wanted as a kid. <laughs> and then I've turned it into a core memory. Josh is
0: so happy that you're mentioning this right now. When he uh, listened, but there you go, Josh.
3: He's live listening to this. He is cheesing.
0: <laughs> um colin what's your uh, what's your favorite map from halo 2 before i go over to Corey, uh
2: probably uh favorite ever coag um but uh close seconds lockout and then i loved playing swat on elongation that was just a, a fun move for hmm. for swat very cool
0: yeah coags a cla- what is what's the best this is off topic for me. what's better blood gulch or coag
2: i'd give it to coag yeah coag probably
3: I mean, objectively, probably coagulation, but Blood Gulch yeah. is kind of nostalgic for me. Yeah. I just remember when I played Coagulation for the first time. I was like, "Oh, that's clever," you know, Blood Gulch, Coagulation. But I was like, "Why?" As a kid, I was like, "Why didn't they just keep the same name? It's basically the same map." Yeah. Um. But I, sorry, I can't do a lore plug. When, I just can't resist. Um, Or was this doing one? Um, I just recently found this out. There is a Easter egg in Halo Infinite where you can go explore some caves and there's a dead brute guarding a hologram. And the hologram is a, um, is an overview of Blood Gulch with two bases inside a canyon. I kid you not. I did not know this existed until like a month or so ago. And, and now I'm thinking, I'm like, could Blood Gulch have taken place on Zeta Halo? And my mind is like just being blown, or maybe there's multiple Blood Gulch-type ballads. Hey, the Guardians
0: were there it's back the in them. the- American I True. know, they
3: were. <laughs> um, Sorry, I get too excited <laughs> about these things. But yeah, Blood Gulch exists, or coagulation, who knows what it actually is. It's definitely not Valhalla. Um, It's either Blood Gulch or coagulation, <laughs> because it, it looks I just identical. like
0: the- co- Coag is such a slangable name where you can be like, yeah, I totally kill 2v2 on Coag. You know, you can <laughs> yeah. sound like a badass when you say it. Um, all right, lastly, over to you, Corey. Um, all your favorites from Halo 2, and what was your life like? What was the era of 2004 Halo 2 like for you? What was going on in your
1: life? Yeah, so um, favorite campaign levels definitely Delta Halo, despite the glitching explosions uh, from the tank. It's just, you know for the reasons we already talked about. First time you land, that opening cutscene is badass. Uh, it's the first time you really see green and trees in the game. Yeah. Uh, there's some running water. Like what What could you not want from a visual perspective? And then you get a tank and it's got a good vehicle section, good on foot section, um, good plot revelations that happen throughout, it's just a great level overall. Um, favorite multiplayer level? I would have to give it to tur- uh no. Probably give it to Relic. I think it is. It's um, a good one. with the big spire in the middle. I just love the art, and I love the remake of that in Halo Two Anniversary. Uh, but honorable mention to Zanzibar because when you have a good one-sided team game, it's like the perfect four v four map hmm. uh, with the interaction. You know, dropping the the lever to get across to the wheel and opening the side door, all that stuff. I wish that there was more interactivity in the multiplayer maps like that. For the sake of objective-based game. I think
0: that's what they tried with the Halo 2 Anniversary maps, to bring more of that back.
1: Yeah, and I thought it was cool. Uh, But when you're in Slayer, that stuff matters a whole lot less. Yeah. Um, Favorite song is High Charity. The one that is... There's no drums or anything. It's just high choral voices and some strings. It's very, very atmospheric, mysterious-sounding and moody. And those are the tracks that... I tend to want to listen to like extended versions. I'll just play a ten-hour version of this one, uh, or you know, some from Halo Three as well. Halo Three has some really great forerunner kind of atmospheric music. And Infinite knocked it out of the park with that as well.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, let's see other favorites. Favorite character? I'd probably have to give it to Lord Hood. Who? Um, yeah. He sort of takes the place of the Jacob Keys from the first game, where he's this stoic veteran, grizzled, not afraid of anything because he's already seen hell and come back, you know. Yeah. Um, and Ron Perlman nails the delivery for every line he has in that. And they made his face you look really Mind telling really me what cool. you're doing on that ship? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They made his face look really good in those blur cut scenes in the remake yeah. too because uh, he looks like a nutsack <laughs> in the earlier games. A sack of the face. <laughs> yeah, in Halo Three
0: specifically, you said. See, you went a little more vulgar. I was going to say he looks like a pile of mashed potatoes, but you look like
1: sack. <laughs> so. pile of mashed potatoes made of skin. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's Let's hilarious. see. Uh, what was what other questions? Era of my life. I was so the game came out in 2004. I was 19. I was engaged to be married the following summer. Uh, I was in my second year of college at the time, and I was doing a—I had a public speaking course, and I was doing a presentation about Halo, and getting people caught up. This is the lore. This is why you should give a shit that's about me, that's a awesome. of this popular game. You're seeing all these ads about. So I had like a poster and um, you know some some boards to point at and give people the timeline, and it was like a 30-minute presentation I gave. Uh, I believe it was in that October. So like the month before the game came out. So I could not, I could not have been more stoked for a game to come out and then getting that early copy of it and getting to play it with my best friend who was the best man at my wedding. And I saw him, he he lives up in Chicago now, but we saw each other at uh, the halo outpost discovery. And then seeing him up on a stage with other people that play halo, sometimes for a living, talking to three, four, three employees about halo five and what was to come and stuff. It was so surreal and i still connect those memories of the very very early days of halo 2 with what we're doing like right now talking about the game it all kind of spawns from that that kind of excitement level and the energy that was buzzing and a lot of people obviously have still gone on kind of thrust forward by that you know you're still chasing the dragon and halo 3 by most standards was bigger as a launch um but it was not more special for me you know it was it was up there it was the same height uh in my mind, but Halo Two was the first. It was the first midnight launch I ever went to.
0: You know, I'm I'm okay to chase that dragon because it's still fun sure, to chase. Still it, fun, you know.
1: It's I great. A lot I of love good it. fun games that aren't as good as Halo Two, and they're still fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely. What's what's a what's a soundtrack or a, a song that reminds you Halo Two? Oh that's not yeah,
1: more? definitely anything from Incubus's first couple albums because they were on. They had the yep. one song in the game. They had four tracks total in the soundtrack, and I listened to that soundtrack a lot. And my fiance at the time, she was really into Incubus and played their music, so I was just like kind of surrounded by Incubus a lot when I was playing Halo Two early on.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I I, I just I, I I always think of like I had a little Incubus phase too, but I pretty much think of pardon me, it's like the most overplayed song
1: by them. Yeah, that song's annoying.
0: Yeah, but uh, that's I'm glad you said that, Corey, because I'm not going to add it to the end of the episode now She you said it was annoying. <laughs> Imagine Corey listening to this episode <laughs> and then it ends like, you know, keep it sacred. So pardon me!
1: <laughs> like, ah, oh, you son of a bitch. Yeah, that one was a little uh, bit overplayed. I like their older stuff. That's a little harder, a little more wacky sounding.
0: Wasn't, yeah, I would say, like, the older stuff was more funky. Mm-hmm. That, science
1: yeah. is definitely more distorted. I
0: like science. Yeah, I do. I like that. That actually would be probably my favorite album by them. Um, but yeah, uh, you want to say something, Halo guy? looks like you're... Yeah,
3: to- I, I was just thinking, you know, we're four different dudes, four different backgrounds, four different ages. Um, when you talked about what was one song that took you back, we all had, you know, s- sort of similar genres, but all different songs and, you know, different char- favorite characters, different favorite, you know, levels and multiplayer levels. And it's just really cool, you know, to kind of like, we all love this one thing, you know, and just to be able to have all these different experiences with the same thing uh, yeah. for years. Um, it's just a really cool experience and it's really fun discussing it. And, you know, and it, it's a lesson to be learned in Halo that what I enjoy or what you might enjoy isn't right or wrong or the best thing to be enjoyed. It's just meant to be enjoyed. And yep. enjoy it Absolutely. the way you enjoy it. Um, don't let other people try to discourage you, especially with like modern Halo takes. They're kind of lame and and outdated and kind of like, you know what? I'm going to enjoy what I enjoy and and like what I like. And we're all liking different things, even though it's about the same thing. And I just think it's a really cool thing that I don't want to like um, the podcast to end without saying it. Like, look at us. You know, no, we're I, all I, different. And it all works. 100% agree with that. I think for
0: all of us, we can say Halo's brought us far too much enjoyment to just revel in the stuff we don't like or or the things that frustrate us, you know? Um, And and like you said, with like us all having like a different tie to it, for me, Halo 2 is kind of like, I always kind of associate it with like the kickstart of my, like my adolescence, my kind of like um, move into becoming my own person, being a little edgier than I, you know, everyone goes to that when they're younger because I was... I was going into seventh grade uh, uh, after Halo 2 came out. And, um, you know, for me, it was, uh, you know, I was listening to Linkin Park, like you said, Hybrid Theory, Meteora, playing Halo 2, which is like this mature rated game. Like Halo 2 to me seemed like an edgy game. I don't see that that way at all now, but it felt like an edgy game. Um, I had just, for me, it was really interesting because my parents had freaked out. I'm going to tell a couple like silly stories. Uh, My parents had freaked out. When I, when I got out of elementary school, they had heard that the middle school, the public middle school, kids were having sex and doing drugs. And they were terrified, so they sent me to a private school for sixth grade. And I did not want to go. The school year started like almost a month before the public school s- summer system, so I had to go to school for like three weeks. It was, and, and it was, I didn't, you know, yeah, it's, Corey's like He's got it muted, but he's like, "No, God, no!" He's like, Your "Big thumbs um, down, no." <laughs> so they sent me to private school, and but it was as I was getting done with private school that I got into Halo Two. Um, I'd already been listening to Lincoln Park for a couple years, but I got into Halo Two. Then they sent me back. They well, the funny thing is the uh, the private school like pseudo closed after my year there, so they sent me back to public school, and so I was back at the public school for seventh grade and. I kind of just had like this like softer experience at private school and then I'm thrust back into the public school there's Halo 2 there's this music I'm listening to and all the kids nicknamed me private school because you came from a private school so my my actually my uh, when I started when me and Josh started Sacred Icon my gamer tag was still private school that I created in seventh grade I changed it right after we started Sacred Icon to Brian's Bane um, but that was my nickname. Everybody would be like, oh, private school. Is this? you know, and then people would be like, you know what this is. They'd say something really inappropriate and I'd be like, no. And they'd be like laughing. And I was that kid. Um, and, uh, I remember too, like, this is the last funny story I'll tell. Uh, obviously for my, like what soundtrack brings me back, it's, it's Lincoln Park. Um, but this is like kind of inappropriate, but it's so stupid and so cringy. It's funny. I went to a sleepover and I'm like 11 or 12 or whatever. And we're doing truth or dare. <laughs> and one of the truth or dares I chose dare and somebody dared me to hump the wall 20 times <laughs> and I actually as a sheltered child at uh like the 11 12 years old I didn't re- I didn't know what humping was like I knew it was like thrusting your body but I didn't know that it was like literally sex so I just went over to the wall and just Humped it 20 times and everyone was laughing hysterically and like this is me like exploring my adolescence just out of private school halo 2 lincoln park and uh, i remember going home and like bragging to my mom that i humped the wall 20 times <laughs> and my mom was like you did what <laughs> and then she sat me down and had a conversation and i'm like oh there's nothing wrong with it everyone thought it was funny i'm like oh i bet they did yeah. <laughs> you know and it was just it was just ridiculous it was it was so stupid i was that embarrassed
1: is Yeah, so that was... Well, I can't let you tell the story of your old gamertag without briefly mentioning mine, because I changed changed mine to Blaster within the last few years. Before that, it was Poobone, which I got in college. (laughs) One word, Poobone, because um, I was a match as a bone marrow donor. So I gave a bone marrow, uh, had it extracted uh, as a donation to someone who needed it, and they take it with a big, huge needle from your hip So they extract this from your pelvis, and um, I guess right after the people in my class, it was was an art class, art history, they were like, how do they take it out? And I was telling them, they're like, so you've got a hole in your bone? What if you get poo in it? And then everyone (laughs) after that called me poo bone. So, But Nicknames I had to change it. Names that were it.
0: created from, like, not necessarily a cool place.
1: Yeah, it's not necessarily cool at all. Uh, <laughs> so I changed that because on Xbox Live, uh, people just started reporting me for a vulgar name. <laughs> I was like, well, all right, I got to get away from this.
0: Oh, yeah, the thing for me always, like, somebody would come into, like, the, you know, there's, like, that low-quality Xbox Live chat, and somebody would be like, oh, what, you you, you think privates are cool? Private's school Is that what it is? <laughs> Private like school. Private's And I'd be like... I've heard that one a thousand times. Great, you know. So, I I wanted to I wanted to change it for years, but every name I wanted was taken. Obviously, if you're if it's 2017, you know every gamer tag no demand. Somehow, Brian's Bane with no symbols or numbers was not taken, and I just claimed that shit everywhere. So, it was
1: great. Years and years, I would when I would enter a game of Halo, you'd hear teammates. (laughs) <laughs> poo bone. <laughs> <laughs> poo bone. <laughs> at the start of the match, just about every single time, somebody would be like, poo bone.
0: It's crazy how those behaviors were so, like, tribalistic, right? Because if you're a woman, it's just immediately, it was like, oh, you know, how big are your boobs? Or, like, it's a yeah. horrible mistreatment of women, you know? Turn the
1: camera on,
2: you know? Turn
0: the camera on. You don't sound hot at all. It's horrible. I know, people are horrible. I had, I had Microsoft
2: to change mine. Really? That, what was it what? was I am testing what? ops because of my, my cancer thing. Um oh, wow. and then uh, so like I'm, I'm playing Rocket League one time with my brothers and they're like this this dude that's scoring and it's like Swift Joey. I'm like, who the fuck is Swift Joey? And I realize it's me. Microsoft went in and changed my username and they wouldn't give it back Swift <laughs> Joey. And I was like,
1: What is this? What the <laughs>
2: They don't even give me Come a choice?
3: No. That's actually really funny because it, that brought me back to a Halo CE moment. Or Do you guys remember when they would give you the random names like Rambo or whatever it was yep. when you yeah, picked you know, your yep. character in Halo CE? Yeah. Those were fun times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My dog's name That's, is Joey. He's pretty swift.
0: Swift <laughs> Joey. That's funny. That's funny. I always hate like the 360 recommend you a name. It's like, you know, I don't even know, like Purple Ocelot 98 yeah. or something it's like that. <laughs>
3: What? Yeah, what's That's that one weird. game where you play? It's like, put an adverb here, put an adjective here. I oh, know. That, yeah, yeah. That's what, that was what, um, how they used to pick names for your old usernames uh, back in the day. It felt like it was like they would just be like, all right, give them a, uh, an adverb and a noun, Color or, and an animal. or an adjective and a noun, and we'll, some numbers. Purple, awesome. Absolutely. Yep, that works.
0: Absolutely. Swift. Yeah, I think, um, I think to wrap up, uh, for me, I think my favorite mission in the game is Outskirts because I just replayed it so many times. That was that was the game that really—I I mean, Outskirts is the moment that I went. This is the best game I've ever played. Not not having played Halo One. Um, and then favorite multiplayer map—it kind of changes a bit. Like I have memories. Like I—I want to shout out Coag for you know big team battle. I want to shout out Lockout for so many great you know multiplayer matches there i think the two maps that just like kind of going back to what halo guy said about like oh you know not caring about map symmetry or like how pro enabled it is i just really gravitated towards turf and terminal from the multiplayer map pack terminal because of the train because i just thought you know this is awesome if i can get someone to get hit by the train or or whatever like it's just neat and then turf i just thought turf was just so much fun. Like, I always wanted to play that map. It was badass. You had, like, the, the scarab that had fallen down, you know, like the little, like, kind of bunker area, a couple bunker areas. You had the warthog sitting there. And I always loved, like, Turf was a level where you could just be, like, there's no one around. And then you turn a corner and there's a dude right in your face. Mm-hmm. Um, so those were, I'd go I with those, Turf, I guess. Those full map pack levels are
1: really special because you had the campaign and this full drop of all these levels, you know, all the uh, multiplayer maps. And then when you got, a small set of multiplayer maps. It's like that's all everyone wanted to play, and you got very yep. intimately familiar with just those. Sanctuary. I was a huge fan of because of all the greenery and stuff. Sorry, go yeah, ahead. Oh, Halo, Sanctuary.
0: I'll... So, oh my gosh, I forgot about Sanctuary.
2: Yeah, I love Sanctuary,
0: that map. So good. Actually, <laughs> I might switch it to Sanctuary. I mean, that's every every game that has a version of Sanctuary. If we're doing land parties, we're playing Sanctuary. Um, I loved the Halo Two Anniversary one. Also, we did. I think we did. Is there Ricochet in Halo 2 Anniversary? I think there is. I think so. I don't know. I think we did Ricochet on Halo 2 Anniversary Sanctuary and just like trying to toss the ball and pass it back and forth and shoot the waterfall. and Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Those maps are great because you're, like you said, like Relic was there. And um, was there
1: a bad map in the multiplayer map pack? I'm trying to think if there was. Were- I remember, uh, I forget the name of it. It was the Swamp level that was Warlock. Or no, not Warlock. Um, Pretty shit. Pretty, what is that one called? Yeah, it was pretty murky. Um, dang it. Halo guys, looking it up.
0: Warlock was another good one though. It was very small, but
1: I want to say Gemini. That's not right.
0: I don't think it's Gemini. Backwash. 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 Yeah. That sounds I, that like one of was our old great. gamer tags.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <does>. Backwash sixty seven. <laughs> no, I'll be honest yeah. with you. Uh, I never played the map packs when they initially released.
1: That was oh, not you didn't have online. Then you. Wouldn't have had yep. access to them. You'd have to go find that separate disc, right? Yeah, when I say play multiplayer, Halo Two
3: doing? was a was a was a campaign game for me. It was.
1: I didn't so get you back didn't into online. The, uh, you didn't see another day at the beach. Back when it was happening. Oh, yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. To be honest with you, yeah, the that, Odst cutscene. Cut yeah, the Odsts crashed on the beach in Halo Two. Oh, you
3: know, I did not see that until, like, literally a year ago, and I could not wow.
1: figure out where it came from. I think uh. I might have told you in the Discord it's from this—that might have been you we haven't had that, that discussion can't. You know, to- it's, it's right cr-
0: after—it could have <laughs> been— It's in outskirts when Cortana talks with the ship, the ODST ship, that, like, they went down by the beach— that scene fits in right there. They had it on the Halo 2 multiplayer map pack disc, and
3: then they actually had Blur redo it and put it
0: on the Halo channel.
3: You know, after we finish this podcast, I'm going to go back and watch it because I only, I, I, my memory with it is so vague. I, I want to say it was like a year or so ago, but like, and maybe it was was you that, that told it to me, but I was just like, where is this coming from? And how have I never seen this yeah. in the years of me being a Halo fan? What well, makes um, sense? Why? But Hang I never I had the map pack it. stuff. Yeah, I never, mm-hmm. I never experienced that part
1: of Halo Two, um, which is crazy. It's that yeah. pelican in the opening cutscene yeah. when the yeah. scarab comes out, shoots the one pelican down. It follows okay, them so, into the hotel. So when I saw it,
3: I did not know that was the context of it. And because initially, when I saw it, I was like, "Is this a scene from Halo Three Odst that I'm missing?" That was my initial thought. Oh yeah. Well, because it looks too good to be from Halo Two. If because you saw it looks the blur, too good to be from Halo Two. Yeah. But if yeah. Blur did those cutscenes, which yesterday actually funny enough with the Halo Infinite Season Three trailer, there was a big
1: discussion or argument yesterday. Hey, great on great uh, Blur on did that, it, by the way, what's up? If you haven't seen it, everyone go watch Halo Guy's analysis of that Season Three trailer.
3: Oh, I appreciate it. Thanks. It's uh, um, it's very good. Yeah. Facts. Th- there was anyway. There's big discussion yesterday on if Blur created those cutscenes because they look so good um the season three trailer um i thought it looked really good anyway but yeah i'm gonna go back and watch that another day on the beach after this because i when i saw i did not know the context of it and i'm really intrigued so this podcast has worked out for me thank you guys sweet
0: sweet guys i'm gonna i want to let you each have like a a final uh shout out or sentence or whatever and then pass it back to me and i'll get us out of here uh Colin, Halo 2, what's your thoughts?
2: Uh, great game. Um, one of the things I forgot to mention before that I really enjoyed was the animations of the Brute Charge. It, like uh, Whenever I played it with Corey, we were talking about it. Like just gave me Congo vibes, like watching that movie back, the Michael Crichton movie, where they're charging you. Know, I'm like, oh, no, the silver oh, coming. And, then, uh, and you know, like, we yelling, Congo, Congo
1: mode.
0: <laughs> when you don't know one that's coming, that you don't know one's coming at you, but you suddenly just heard the, hear the, like, <laughs> and you're like, oh, shit, where is he? And then you get hit, and you're like, hell's gone, and you're dead. <laughs>
1: Like, <laughs> you never go full congo. You think i never IQ. go full congo? That's
0: great. Uh, Halo guy, Halo two. Final thoughts.
3: Final thoughts. Halo two. So, um, I man, I feel like I said everything I wanted to say. I just I really enjoyed the game for what it was, and I've only continued to enjoy it more um, as I've played it through the years. Uh, I I remember Halo CE. And I didn't really know how game development worked, but I was like, okay, when's the sequel coming out? Because I just assumed there would be one. And so I was just really excited for it to come out and it finally did and I enjoyed it. Um and I played it a lot, a lot. Um uh, and it's and it's grown on me over the years. And and Arbiter, if you're out there listening, I love you now. <laughs> I wasn't a fan initially, but but you're you're uh Word's great. so easy. Yeah. Oh I'll end it on that one. There you go.
0: Corey, Halo 2. <coughs> oh, who's my voice? Halo 2.
1: Yeah, uh, Halo 2. It's what is it really to say? It's a classic for a reason. It's a great game. It pioneered so much. For me personally, it helped me grow a lot, taught me a lot about expectations for things you have no control over. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, you look at us all sitting here talking about it, it's made the world smaller for a lot of people. And that's yeah. a wonderful thing. Not a lot of games have the ability to do that, to, to forge communities, especially decades after they come out. And um, it's one of the few games that, for me, you know, it helped evolve me. I evolved with Halo 2, and there's not a lot of games I can say that about. And there's probably never going to be another game that I evolve with again. So in that regard, it will live on for me forever.
0: Well said. Yeah. Halo 2 is a extremely, I mean, obviously for me, it's my favorite game of all time. It was my <clears throat> uh, Star Wars 1977 moment, right? like where I played something that just transcended everything I'd done before. Uh, just completely changed my trajectory of, of what I was interested in, what I wanted to talk about, what I wanted to do. Um, still my favorite game to this day. Uh, it's made me, I mean, it's the reason, only reason we were doing a podcast is because of it um, made me go all in Xbox fanboy for over a decade. Um, that was my place to play. Like it didn't matter if another system had eight great games. Halo in general was just one game that was better than all of them. Um, you know, I went back and played Halo CE right after Halo two. I thought it was just about as good. And I would say nowadays, if I'm trying to be critical, I would say Halo CE is probably a little bit better. Uh, but Halo two is my favorite. Um, it's, it It kicked off everything for me, and uh, the game has only, you know, the the anniversary treatment was amazing, but I still love playing the original graphics as well. Um, It's a story that manages to keep me thinking and keep me wondering, even though I have all the answers from the the future games. It's just like such a moment in time when I play it. Um, Yeah, I love Halo 2. I I thank you guys so much for coming on here and uh, talking about Halo 2 with me. Uh, and and the in 2004, just a it's a big turning point for for me being being so young. I know we're all in different places, but uh, you look back on those memories, and it doesn't matter if they were. Well, I, I can't speak for everyone, but you know, a lot of times it doesn't matter if they were good, bad, stupid, silly. You you're just nostalgic for them, and they make you warm and fuzzy in some way. So, um, but yeah, guys, if you want to uh, follow us on Twitter, we are at Sacred Icon Pod. I am at Brian's Bane. Josh, who's not here right now, he is at Jedi Knight Joshy. Um, Halo Guy, yours is at Halo Guy.
3: Oh, you're muted. You're muted. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry, I forgot. At... No, I'm uh, on Twitter, so I'm at Halo Guy YouTube. If anybody wants to and see then... my Halo takes, and then yeah, and then YouTube, what's your YouTube channel? Is it just, uh, Halo just guy? at yeah, just at Halo Guy. Cool, Corey.
0: Are you? I, I always lose track, man. I'm sorry. Are you on Twitter right now? <laughs> nah, okay, okay. If Sometimes am, you, you won't don't know, know it, it. <laughs> okay. All right. Is there anywhere you want to shout out, to Corey, or nah, you good for now? Nah.
1: Nah, shine uh, the light on, on Halo Guy and Sacred Icon. And also yeah, on Colin's um,
0: videos. Appreciate that. Appreciate that, Corey. Uh, Deante, uh, Colin, do you want to shout out your handle if anyone wants to follow you over there?
2: I mean, I if you want, that's just Deante de Ombre. But uh, it, like, I, like Corey said, shine a lot on you guys. I mean, you're the real creators, so.
0: Well, that's... That's very kind shout out from you guys, but uh, I mean, Diente and Corey are amazing dudes that you're not gonna you're not gonna regret. They truly are following them.
1: They yeah. truly are amazing dudes. You could see some clips of us in uh, co-op on Colin's channel. <laughs> yeah, these, not really, these not really these are creating just, much, but <laughs> <laughs> definitely making some funny memories for us. <laughs> these are just good guys
0: that you want you want to have in your in your gaming circle, and it's so funny like. Hopefully you take this as a compliment, Corey, like Deante, he just showed up and he was just nice and warm and, 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 and welcoming and, and, you know, you love him. And I loved Corey right off the bat, but I was like, this dude has some strong ass opinions. If you go back to the first episode that we ever mentioned, Corey, we're like, yeah, he, yeah, man, he's got some things to say about this. Or like It was that one that one episode. I have no idea what episode it was. I was like, everyone send in a, a voice clip, but don't be mean at all. And then Corey sends in one. He was he's, he's just trashed something. I don't know. It was like Halo Five or something. <laughs> and we were just laughing hysterically, but like, you know, Corey is such a good guy, and it's part of his personality. And it's just made it's just uh, it's made Corey who he is, and and it's it's just great. I mean, we've had I don't actually I haven't done a count, but Corey, you may be the one who's on the podcast the most if you don't count Haruspis, uh, a lot of episodes. Hmm. Um, cool. So uh, great guys. Make sure you follow them, um, guys. you are interested in. Uh, give you monetarily you can go to patreon.com slash sacred icon uh, you can come to our discord there's a link uh, at the top of our twitter page everyone is welcome please join we have such a good time i think anybody who's in the discord will say hey it's just a cool place to hang out and just go through life together play Halo, play other games talk about other things we even got a sports ball channel in there i mentioned in the last episode you know to my against my my will there's a you there's talk a sports smack ball about tom brady channel. so yeah there you go that's that's there for you but guys Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Sacred Icon Podcast. And as always, keep it
1: sacred. Gentlemen, we're lucky to have you back. The Navy has lost one of its best.
0: Flip space ruptures directly off our battle cluster.
2: Master Chief, defend this station.
0: Cortana,
3: what exactly am I looking at?
1: That is another Halo.
3: So this is what my father found. The Prophet of Regret is planning to activate Halo.
2: Are you sure? Get tactical, Marines! All right. Shoot. Your prophets have
3: promised you freedom, but you will find no salvation on this
1: ring. The prophets have betrayed us. No. If he leaves the Covenant fleet to Earth, they won't stand a chance. You have to stop him. I need a weapon. We're going in.
2: Remaining platforms are now ready for remote activation. From here,
1: ma'am, without a destination solution,
2: we are not losing that ship.
3: That was good guys That's good that was awesome that was fun stuff it was i just gotta say it was awesome meeting you guys i guess for the first time we're proper yeah Yeah, we're pushing
2: you off a cliff anyway anyway. (laughs) yeah Yeah. i did halo
3: (laughs) 4 one night with these guys i don't get as much gaming as i wish i could in my life but i played halo 4 with them and i was watching a terminal and the next thing i know my corpse is being hurled off of the map <laughs> off of a cliff because during the middle <laughs> the of turns the like nudging scene, in
1: towards the edge of the
3: fire you know <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious you're nudging me towards the edge of a cliff oh man that was a good that's time great. i need to, I those need are to the moments you guys
1: again
0: i'll never i'll never forget like telling my little little brother who was like five or less at the time um well actually I I this was actually my my other brother did this. We we used to do screw with our little brother so much but like I remember we were playing Metropolis and my younger brother was like Hey, if you jump off the bridge, it's cheat code. There's a special weapon down there, and you just you just see his character go. he just went over yep. to the edge, jump off, He'd be like, "Oh, I died! You lied to me!" And then my brother would be like, "No, you just jumped off the. You jumped off too early. You got to go further down the bridge." And That's then he go so further down the deep. bridge and jump and die again.
1: A classic <laughs> trick of in, any breakable glass you can stand on. Be like, "Hey, there's a there's a, a cheat code. If you go, if you stand there and you yeah. crouch three times, and while they're standing there, you just shoot the glass and <laughs> fall."
3: <laughs> oh, that's great stuff. It's funny that you say that because it's like I I always see these like memes about things like that. And it's like, man, even before the Internet, we were all living the same life. Like without having yeah. to share what we were doing, we were
1: all doing the same things. Yeah, I you shooting blast out from right. other people. We we're all looking for the <laughs> tripod or the uh, the Triforce in Ocarina and <laughs> the, uh, the the bigger James sword, Bond, sword. all bonds yeah. cheat and Golden and shit yeah. like that. You know, yeah. it's crazy how like memes memes
0: kind of just summarize. Like, you grow up thinking that all these weird or stupid thoughts
1: in your head are just you. No, we're realize, all Nope, everyone thing. had
0: them. <laughs> yeah.
1: And in the we exact same way. A lot as more alive than we give ourselves credit for.